Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Guys, I am back and I want to say from the bottom of my heart how much I missed you guys. Uh, I know you miss me too. I got so many messages, people that were worried because my break went on quite for a long time. Oh my gosh, are you coming back? Um, Look, I will say I did consider, um, I really took the break because I really prayed about it. I'm like, Lord, do you want me to come back? Do you want me to continue with this podcast? It is a lot of work. And um, I just sat on that for the kind of couple of weeks, six weeks or whatever that I've been away. And I really felt like, you know what, the thing I love and the thing that I missed is that this podcast and being with you guys actually helps me to process um, how I think about things that are happening in this world. And so it's actually an incredible gift for me. And then of course, I got so many messages going, can you please talk about this? Can you please talk about that? And so that is what we're going to do today. We have to start with Barbie. I popped that on my Instagram. And again, so many people that were like, yes, I wondered what you thought about Barbie. I want to know what you thought about Barbie. Um, but I'm just really glad to be back. And so I'm going to definitely continue on the Wednesdays. I'm still not going to, uh, at the moment, Fridays are paused still with the parenting episodes. I'm not quite sure uh, if I'm going to continue with those, but definitely the Wednesdays are back. All right, Barbie, if you have not seen it, make sure that you just pause this right now. And I want you to go see the movie, go take yourself to the movie and then come back and have a listen to this. Now, I even got my nails painted. I'm looking at them right now. They are a very bright kind of corally pinky orange color. I got them done straight after I saw the Barbie movie. I I do like, I, I'm not a real pamper person, but I do like getting my nails done. And I normally choose very neutral muted colors, but I was like, no, I'm going to go Barbie colors. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The inspiration of pink making a comeback, which I think is brilliant in a world where if you dare suggest that pink is for girls, that that is oppressive. Anyway, this is why, yes, I will let you know now, I did love the Barbie movie. I could find Jesus in it, guys. But if you know me, I can find Jesus in anything. I like God will speak to me in the weirdest ways. Like in Thailand, I went and fed the elephants, which was so funny because Cameron, I don't look, I want to say he was petrified of them. He would not go near the elephants. I was in my element feeding them. I just, I don't know. I felt close to God when I was with those creatures. So I can find God in absolutely anything. So I got my nails painted. And then when I was worshiping at church on Sunday morning, my friend next to me was having the biggest giggle because she's like, your fingernails are completely glowing in the dark right now. And they were. And then I had to get up and preach. And I'm pretty sure I was distracting the whole room when I was holding my microphone with these bright pinky orangey nails. I will snapshot it and put it on Instagram so you can see. All right. So I can't remember the last time a movie split the room so much. 
people are so passionate about their views. Like everyone's telling me that you're debating with your friends. Like some people came out and they were crying because they were so inspired, which I'm like, okay, a little bit over the top, but you know, okay. Other people like, I hated it. It was so anti-men. So by the time I came back from Thailand to see it, I was a couple of weeks out from having hit the cinema. So most people had seen it. I saw it only the other day. So by then, I'd actually heard both sides. I heard all of the people that loved it. Uh, I heard people talking about, no, I hated it and this is why. And then what was even funnier was how many people had their opinion on whether I would like it or not. Um, a lot of people, some people are like, oh, I don't know what you're going to think. Others were like, oh my gosh, no, you are not going to like this movie. So guys, I'm probably going to disappoint you by telling you I loved it. Now I took notes throughout the whole movie and look, maybe I was just in a good frame of mind. I had not been to the cinema for ages. I was with good company with a good friend of mine. We had just gone and had good coffee, good breakfast. I was ready to watch a really good movie. And I went in pretty open-minded. Now I want to play for you. There's a young woman I love following on Instagram called Alex. She's got a handle called Poplitics. I think she's got, she's American. I think she's got a really good view on most things that happen. And she does these really uh, um, fun to watch little reels. And she was the first one that I actually heard had a positive view on the movie Barbie. So let's have a listen to what Alex had to say. I'm convinced that every single conservative influencer who has told you not to see the Barbie movie because it is woke is lying to you. Either they did not see the movie and said that they did, or they just went into the lobby and took a quick picture and then they left because we did not see the same movie. I finally went and saw Barbie this weekend with my friends. I bawled like a damn baby three times in this movie. It was so good. And here's the thing. Everybody keeps getting caught up. In, they said patriarchy. They said the word patriarchy. Are you an idiot? Grow up! Yes, they use the word patriarchy, okay? A lot. But the whole point of the movie, and this is what I had not seen any conservative talk about, is that the entire movie is about how it is a bad thing to elevate one gender above the other. It's not great when the Barbies are in charge and making the Kens feel like afterthoughts and purposeless. And it isn't good when the Kens are in charge and running a patriarchy and then the Barbies are feeling lost and afterthoughts and purposeless. They literally say at the end of this movie that it isn't good for neither Ken or Barbie to be living in the other's shadow. Okay, she might have been a little bit harsh saying, are you an idiot? Like if you thought it was about the patriarchy, but I think her take is actually really good that she, uh, I think she nailed what the message of the movie actually was that, uh, when the men ran the world, the women felt devalued and purposeless, but equally when the women ran the world, the men felt devalued and purposeless. And I'm a little bit bamboozled that people couldn't see that. And I think it could be because, They did spend more time in the real world and then unpacking, even when they were back in Barbie land, a lot of it was about unpacking the patriarchy. So maybe people miss the other side to it. But I, this really alerted me to the fact that there was another narrative because overwhelmingly people were like, oh, it's, um, you know, the movie is about feminism and it's so anti-men and it's about the patriarchy. And, um, and so she alerted me that there was another narrative. So 
I want to kind of unpack that. And like I said, I took I took notes. <laughs> um, I probably look like a freak sitting in the cinema taking notes, but I just want to share with you. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you probably would have wanted to have seen it to be able to go through it. But I just want to share with you kind of what I thought and why I actually really liked the movie. So let's just start with the opener. Now, this just had me at hello. Uh, let me ask you this. Were you a doll person growing up? I hope I'm talking to the girls here. Were any of you boys a doll person? I feel like maybe only if you had a sister. I must say Liam did have a Ken doll because I think Georgia might have had one Barbie, but she was kind of more into Bratz dolls. But I was such a doll girl. I still have my childhood dolls. I was saving my childhood dolls for my daughter, right, for Georgia. And then disappointment of my life, Georgia is so, I mean, it's not a disappointment that she's not like me, but she didn't want to play with my dolls. She didn't like dolls. I was literally like, how can I have a kid that doesn't like dolls? And she didn't like crocheting or anything like that. And she didn't like reading all the things that made up my childhood. Georgia was like, heck no. I should podcast on that. So I was really disappointed. She wanted stuffed animals, but that opening scene was like watching a movie of me as a kid. Like I would feed my dolls. I had tea parties. I would dress them and redress them. I had one of those pretend milk bottles where, you know, it looked like the milk was emptying out as you fed the baby. I mean, look, I even had a doll that you could feed her water and, and she would wet her nappy. I had a pram. And it was my heart's delight when my mum would let me take my dolls on a real walk and like all my dreams would come true on the occasion when my mum would let me take my pram to the shops, right? Like, cause I was acting like I was a mum and these were my babies. And uh, look, I was one of those sick kids that even loved ironing. I loved ironing my doll's clothes. <laughs> so I really related to the little girls. Anyway, along comes Barbie and then we see them like smashing their dolls. Now, some people kind of took that like, oh, you know, feminism came along and the girls didn't want to play with dolls. I'm like, no, I just think it was like a better doll came along. This Barbie came along. Now, what about you? Were you allowed to play with Barbies? I feel like I'm really qualified to talk into this because my whole childhood, like everyone had Barbies, but I was not allowed to have a Barbie because I had a Christian mother and all the good Christian mothers back then never allowed such evil dolls into their house because apparently the body was too explicit. So anyway, then we find ourselves in Barbie land and I just loved it was so magical and it was so colorful. The only thing that was a bit confusing is that like everyone in Barbie land, all the girls were called Barbie and all the boys were called Ken. So you open up to this like, hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I'm like, what's going on? Everyone was called Barbie and Ken. A little bit confusing. But I thought it was so clever how they did all of the acting as if a little girl was playing with them. I thought that was brilliant. At first, I was like, what's going on? Barbie is stepping into the shower and there's no water. What's happening? I'm like, oh, they're acting as if a little girl was playing with them. So Barbie gets dressed and then she's drinking from a cup, but no milk comes out because, of course, that's how we would play with our dolls, right? Then she would make this food. These Pop-Tarts would go into the toaster and, and she would sit down at the table, but not actually really eat them because, of course, in real life, when you're playing with Barbie, she doesn't eat. 
Uh, She didn't use the stairs to get down to her car. She just gracefully dropped from the second floor into her car. I just thought it was magically brilliant. Now, of course, everything was perfect in Barbie land and girls ran the world, right? There were girl garbage collectors and presidents and astronauts and teachers and doctors and all of the Kens. They were just like a bit ditzy and dumb. They just existed uh, to be there for all of the Barbies. All right. So, and that was That's, of course, true to the whole, you know, Ken was an accessory to Barbie in real life. That's why they made Ken. All right. Let's just stop for a second and talk about the people who were left the movie. I had friends that were like, Renee, I had friends who left the movie literally crying because they felt so empowered and they were just so inspired because they just finally felt so seen. And I look. I hope I'm not talking to anyone here that that was like that. As much as I was moved by the movie, it was not for that reason. I did not feel empowered and inspired by the Barbie movie because I was like, oh, I can go out and be a girl boss and do anything. It's like, guys, that message has been around for ages, right? Like they were just being true. They weren't trying to make a point about girls, go out and take the world. They were literally just being true to the creation of Barbie. Ever since Barbie was created in the 60s, the message was always, you've got choices. You can be whoever you want to be. So that was nothing new. I'm like, come on. I think we've lived for decades where we've known as girls that we've got every opportunity under the sun. So I thought that was a little bit kind of OTT because they were really just being true to Barbie. Now, the creator, Ruth Handler, actually said of the doll, and I quote her, my whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl could be anything she wanted to be. Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has choices. So I feel like if people were really inspired by that a little bit late to the party, is that harsh? Oh my gosh, maybe that's harsh. So I didn't find the movie like, you know, two women power hungry, and I didn't find it feminist. I actually found the opposite. I found that the movie pushed against feminism and I will explain why. And I was really glad to see it. Now, there were a few things where I thought, okay, they're being politically correct, but they really didn't make it a focus of the storyline. So two things I noticed. One, the Dr. Barbie was actually a trans actor. Now I picked that straight away. The second Dr. Barbie came up on the screen, I said to my friend, I'm like, that's a guy. That's a biological uh, man. And she was like, what? No, it's not. And I go, yeah, you can totally tell. She's like, no, this is the second time I'm seeing the movie. I didn't pick that up. So I Googled it and I was right. Uh, It was a, um, uh, the Dr. Barbie was a trans actor known as Hari Neff, biological male, uh, transitioned to a female. So they didn't though, make that part of the storyline. So I was really glad about that. There was no trans storyline. She just was an actor in the movie. So there wasn't a focus on it. And like I said, my friend didn't even pick it up. Now let's park on that point. This is the first part of celebration of this movie. There was no gender fluidity. There was no gender ideology. How 
refreshing. In fact, you could say the opposite was true. It was very clear. The girls were girls. The women were women. The boys were boys. The men were men. It was so clear. There was no gender confusion. Women were celebrated. By the end, men were celebrated. How brilliant. Now, we've been told these past few years you know, you can't assume that pink is for girls and blue is for boys. How oppressive of you to suggest that pink belongs to girls. I mean, how even oppressive of you to assume that someone's a female. This movie pushed against everything that the world has been trying to get us to believe in the past few years. So I say standing ovation to the film director, Greta Gerwig. It was very clear that pink absolutely was for girls in this movie. In fact, side note, guys, carsales.com has recently put out some data that suggested that since the Barbie movie has been out, searches for pink cars has risen 40%. That is massive. So the Barbie movie has influenced, um, I'm sure mostly girls in real life to go, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired. I want to have a pink car like Barbie. I think this is just brilliant because we've been being pushed down our throat for the last few years that we are oppressive. If we suggest that pink is for girls and that, you know, uh, that we, we can't assume gender. I mean, this movie did all of that. They're like, absolutely pink is for girls. And absolutely we are assuming everyone's gender. That's all the women over there. And that's all the men over there running the real world. So I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, There was no Barbie that was confused about her gender. There was no Ken that was confused about their gender either. Now, the other thing that I noticed that maybe was a nod to political correctness was in the dance floor scene, um, we had every body type, we had every skin color, and we even had a disabled woman in a wheelchair dancing. Now, I don't know whether that was trying to tick the inclusivity box, but nothing else in the movie was ticking the inclusivity box, which is what we'll keep talking about. So I really didn't mind that. I'm like, maybe they were mocking it. Maybe since there was a lot of things that were mocked in the movie, maybe they were even mocking that. But anyway, I didn't really care, but I I did notice that. Okay. Do you want to know the first moment I had tears in my eyes? How embarrassing to admit this. No, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This There was a beautiful moment. Barbie's entered the real world. Now, remember, she was going to go on her own, but Ken decided he wanted to come along because, of course, he's totally in love with Barbie. Now, Barbie finds herself, she's looking for her real world owner, the woman or the girl. She thinks it's the girl that, own, that owns her that she has to find. It turns out to be her mum. Now, she stops at this bus stop and she just sits down. And when Barbie sits down, she's sitting next to this elderly woman. Now, this elderly woman is not who would we consider, you know, beautiful by the world standards. She had gray hair, loads of wrinkles, loose skin, turkey neck, pretty plain clothes. And Barbie looks at her and there's this long moment where you can just see that Barbie is just so taken with her because remember, she comes from this idealistic, perfect world where women just all look perfect. And she looks it into her eyes and with great sincerity, she goes, you're beautiful. Now that just made a tear spring to my eye. I'm like, that is a great message in the movie that in an age when 
older women are often ignored. They do not feel seen. They're certainly not referred to as beautiful. I loved that moment. It was like, you know what? You look different to how I've been told women should look or how I've, you know, seen women to look, but you, you're beautiful. And I just thought that was uh, the first really moving moment of the movie. Now, then we find ourselves in the boardroom of uh, Mattel, who is in real life the company who makes toys, including Barbie. Now, every member of the board is a male. Now, in reality, the board of Mattel is not all men. By the way, the creator, Ruth Handler, used to work for Mattel, as did her husband. So in reality, the board is not all men. But for the purpose of the movie, you've got all the women are running Barbie land and the men are dominating and running the real world. So this is where we hear the word patriarchy for the first time. Now, they make all of these men look a little bit dumb, um, they really kind of are using a lot of satire to overemphasize the patriarchy. Uh, But I think this is one of the great points of the movie, right? So Ken comes along and he's like, oh my gosh, these men here are so different to all of the Kens in Barbie land. They've got a lot more power here in the real world. Now, this is where it comes undone for a lot of people. This is where I'm hearing accusations. They're making the men look dumb. Um, The movie was, you know, anti-men. They're trying to um, emasculate them. And look, maybe the patriarchy was well and truly overexplored. But this right here is where I think people miss the point for the first time. I think that the message is actually far from anti-men. I think the message... And she's using satire to basically say anything that um, might define manhood is now called the patriarchy. I actually think she's mocking that. I think she's mocking the title and the narrative that we've given in the world where, oh, men, you know, they're so oppressive to women. I think she's mocking that by saying anything that makes a man a man, we've labeled the patriarchy. And they're pretty clear that in this real world where men are ruling, that women are devalued. But equally, and this is what people completely missed, that when the women were ruling the world in Barbie land, the men felt devalued. And this is the point that Alex from Poplitics was trying to make. The whole reason that Ken was loving learning about men in the real world, even if it was by satire and they all looked a bit dumb, you know, men riding on horses and and pumping iron in the gym, although that, that wasn't dumb, that was literally just reality. Um, The whole reason that Ken was loving it is because he had been made to feel purposeless and of no worth and no value in Barbie land. And this was one of the great points about the movie, that feminism makes men feel like they have no purpose. So I was actually really surprised that a lot of people completely missed that point. For me, I think that the movie was anti-feminism, that Greta Gerwig was trying to say, hey, feminism, just as much as when men rule the world, patriarchy can make women feel devalued and like they have no purpose. I can't believe that people were in the movie and didn't see the other side to it, that it was really clear that feminism equally 
makes men feel like they have no purpose. They even explored this through the real world family, by the way, which was a nod to the family, the real world mother, Gloria, and her daughter, she had a husband. Now he was also very interestingly, you could see his character was also dumbed down. So I think the point there was, this is what happens when we have feminism, too much feminism. We have husbands that, you know, are um, don't know how to take the lead. That's pretty much what they were saying with that. So that was another interesting side part of the movie. Now, there was a lot of tongue-in-cheek, right, and satire when they explored the patriarchy. But the other thing that, look, and I want to take credit here, guys, I haven't heard anyone talk about this, right? People were like, because of the satire towards patriarchy, oh, it's anti-men. Well, did everyone miss the satire about mental health? Like there was a section of the movie where Barbie goes back to Barbie land and she gets really depressed and she lays down and it's so cute the way she lays down like this doll and she gets really depressed and the movie flicks over to this, this pretend advert for, oh, look, we've got a new Barbie. We've got depression Barbie. And it just surprises me that everyone seemed to miss this point. And they actually start kind of, it's a bit of a, a satire and a mockery to um, to mental health, right? Because this Barbie's got no makeup. She's got messy hair. They're like, brand new depression Barbie. She stays in her pajamas all day. She doesn't get out of bed. And one of the lines even said, you too can have a side of panic or, or, or anxiety. Now, I find this quite funny that people are like, oh, because they were mocking the patriarchy, they're anti-men. Well, can we then also say that because they were mocking mental health that the movie is anti-mental health support, right? I don't think so. I just think that the movie that people chose to see what they wanted to see. So Ken tries to bring back the idea of men in power to Barbie land. And of course, you know, um, all of these Barbie dolls get, you know, kind of taken with these Kens that come back and then it's kind of this struggle goes on. And again, this is where I think people make the wrong assumption. They're like, well, it's anti-men because, uh, you know, things were all good when women were in charge and things were bad when men were in charge. Therefore, men are bad. But I think they've completely missed the point. That was not the message of the movie. The movie had three main characters and the message was played out through all three. It was the stereotypical Barbie, Ken, and the real world mother, Gloria. They were the three main characters and all three were unhappy because they didn't know who they were and they didn't know their place in the world. And I don't understand how people can walk away and go, well, no, the movie was just all about, you know, pro-feminism and anti-men. It wasn't. All three of them, Ken and Barbie and Gloria, they were all unhappy, uh, no matter where they lived, whether they were in the real world or whether they were in Barbie land, because they didn't know who they are. And this was another one of the main messages in the movie. The point is not that Ken was an idiot and just there to be laughed at and that all men are stupid and bad. It's that we all need to find who we are in this world. In fact, Ken having an identity crisis further goes against the anti-man theory of the movie because what they were trying to show is, hey, men can be vulnerable. Men can struggle with their identity. That's not anti-man at all. Now, I loved at the end, he comes out with his t-shirt 
And on the t-shirt, because him and Barbie have this little pep talk, it says on his t-shirt, I am Knuff. Get it? The word Ken and Enough joined together. I thought that was just so cute. In fact, what we have by the end is Barbie actually apologizes to Ken. Because remember at the start, right? He's in love with her. He's trying to kiss her. He says to her, I want to spend more time with you. Can I come to your house? And she kind of berates him and she pushes him away. And she says, well, no, Ken, I'm going to go be with the girls because every night is girls night at Barbie land. And we see him walking off hurt. Now she apologizes for that. The whole movie flips around and she's like, I'm sorry. Not every night has to be girl night. So I would go so far as to say that the message I saw was when women try to take over everything and they don't need men, everyone's unhappy and vice versa. So for me, the message was, hey, we need each other, but also our identity shouldn't come from one another. And I thought that was really good because in real life, the Ken was created to be an accessory to Barbie. But the message of the movie is Ken is not an accessory to Barbie and Barbie is not an accessory to Ken. And yes, he loved her. And he was like, but Ken doesn't exist without Barbie. But she was very clear, no, Ken, Ken is enough. That's what she kept saying. Ken is you. Barbie is me. And so, you know, the message there was, and I thought this was a good message. We can't find our happiness in a partner. It has to come from within. Now, this is where I want to explore my favorite character in the movie. I think this was the shining star, the heroine of the movie, Uh, this other aspect of the movie, and this is where my Christian worldview comes into it, and I could see Christian influence in the movie, is the character of Ruth. Now, we know that Ruth is the creator of the movie. Now, I would go so far as to say that, yes, um, you know, Barbie and Ken couldn't find their happiness in each other, but this is where Ruth comes shining through with this incredible message. Now, she first meets her in a room where she's been shoved out to the side in Mattel. And Barbie stumbles across her and she doesn't know who she is. But you could see that she felt immediate comfort when she was with this Ruth, because I think Ruth represents the creator because she is the creator. But I mean, I think she represents God as creator. And I just loved this. I actually want to read more about Ruth in real life. But for me, she was the star of the movie. So Barbie has this cup of tea with Ruth and she's apologizing. She's like, I'm so sorry. I look so, you know, I normally look so perfect. And Ruth looks at her and she goes, I think you're just right. Well, guys, second time I teared up in the movie because all of a sudden it's like she meets her creator and her creator doesn't see the brokenness or the imperfection. The creator's like, you look just perfect as you are. And I'm like, that's that's God with us. We, we struggle to find our place in the world. And it's only when we sit with him, our creator, that we find him saying to us, I think you're just right. You don't have to be perfect in front of me. So this character of Ruth, I think, drives the message of the movie home. Now, there was another scene at the end where there's a conversation between Ruth and Barbie, and I think this was just absolutely beautiful, where she says to Barbie, you know, words like patriarchy, these are just us trying to label things to make 
sense of our complicated, broken world. And I think the takeaway was it's actually not even about gender. It's not about male or female. It's just about being human. And when we have labels like patriarchy, that's just us trying to make sense. But those things are not real. Now, the absolute clincher that had me nearly howling in my head was she also says she was talking to her about why she created her, that she named her after her daughter. And then she says this, we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back and see how far they've come. Well, now I've got a daughter. So I was like, doot, doot, squeezing a tear out of my cheek. We mothers stand still so our daughters look back and see how far they've come. That line right there. If this movie was about feminism and women empowerment, why did they include that line where they were saying that we as mothers need to be role models sometimes, not by pushing ahead and making a way, but sometimes we've got to stand. One of our roles as mothers is to stand still, to be stable, to be that moment in time. See, I'm going to cry now where our daughters can look back and go, this is how far I've come. For me, this movie celebrated being a mother. It celebrated traditional roles like motherhood and being a daughter. And that's also explored through the real world mother Gloria and her daughter. So I just think it's incredible that in a world that's like men can chest feed and you know, it's oppressive to say that women are like pink. And I just think the whole movie was this pushback on on the narrative. And I loved seeing women um, talking about being mothers and the role of mother and daughter being explored in this way. Now, final exploding mind bender, and I have to credit my friend Essie for this one, And she said to me on the way out the door, she's like, did you notice that Barbie didn't find out who she truly was until she met her creator, Ruth? I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not even notice that part. That was brilliant. So we've got some really good Christian imagery there again, where it wasn't until Barbie was with her creator that she discovered who she was. And so it is for us in real life. And that's why she didn't find out who she was in Ken. And Ken couldn't find out who he was through his relationship with Barbie. The only way we find out who we are is when we understand who our creator is. I thought that was beautiful. Now, we have to acknowledge that the director, Greta Gerwig, she does say that she was heavily influenced by her Catholic school upbringing. So um, I think that's important. I don't know if I said this before, but the other thing I like is Greta Gerwig, who's this amazing director. She's only 40 years of age. She's only previously directed two other movies that I really love, which is Little Women and, uh, and Lady Bird. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before. So I just think there were so many beautiful takeaways. Now, at the end, notice that Barbie actually doesn't choose Barbie land, right? She doesn't choose the place that represents feminism. She chooses the real world. Yes, it's wildly chaotic and sticky and complex, but it's the real world. And look, some people could say, well, it could have been really good if at the end, if she decided, you know, if the movie, if they made the movie that men and women can work together. 
but they didn't do that. And, you know, maybe they could have been like, well, the, the Ken's got some of the roles in Barbie land, and then maybe they could have put Barbie on the, on the board of Mattel, but they chose not to end it that way. And I'm really okay with that because I think what they were trying to say is the world is broken and the world is not perfect. Uh, and that is, you know, this is the world and, um, and, and we can't fix it. And so I thought that was actually an important takeaway. But let's talk about that last line, the brilliant, important, misunderstood last line where she goes off to see her gynecologist. Now, some people were like, oh, I like the movie, but that last line, oh my gosh, I don't know what to think of it. Or that was really disgusting. Can I maybe give you a little bit of perspective? Because I think that this was just brilliant. And I walked away thinking, why did I love that line? There was something about that line that was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Now she's sitting in the car with the real world's uh, mum and daughter and husband, actually, there you go, family moment. And we assume, because they're like, go, go on, you're going to do great, good luck. We assume she's probably going to go for a job interview. She's dressed in a, you know, a suit. She looks beautiful. She's going to go for a job interview and she's going to like go and be a total girl boss, but she doesn't. She rocks up and goes, I'm here for my appointment with the gynecologist. And everyone's like, what the heck? I just thought this was brilliant. I thought this was the final clincher reminding us, do you know what? Feminism doesn't work. Patriarchy doesn't work. Job, not the most important thing. She is, to me, this is a complete nod to a couple of things. One is that over the last few years, no one's been able to define what a woman is. And I think that at the end of the movie, I don't know, for me, I just thought Greta Gerwig is giving a big nod uh, to all the people that can't define a woman. She's making it pretty clear that a woman is a female human being who's got a uterus and a womb and ovaries. And I could keep going, but if there's guys listening, you'll probably be like, stop, please stop. I thought it was a real nod to what really matters in Barbie's life, which is being a woman, which is very clear, which also, by the way, could mean motherhood. That's why she goes to her gyno. Uh, there, She's acknowledging the parts of her that could make her a mother. Now, I think, again, this is a very strong theme throughout the movie because earlier we had Gloria, the real world mum, who said, I don't want all of these Barbies. I don't want a teacher Barbie or a doctor Barbie or whatever Barbie. I just want a Barbie that says it's okay to just be a mum. And I think this is another part of the movie that just was so missed where it was just celebrating. What about if you don't want a career? What about if you want to be a mum and be a homemaker? And I'm starting to see a lot of young women pushing back on this. I think that there are many traditionally non-conservative, non-Christian young women who maybe in the past have even called themselves feminists, who are waking up to the fact that feminism has done more to hurt the world and to hurt women and to hurt the family. And I see them, you know, a big pushback against hookup culture, even birth control or, you know, that it's okay to be a woman who wants to get married, who wants to have a family, uh, who doesn't want to have a career. Um, And we're starting to see that more and more. So I thought there were just so many layers of messages. It's like Greta Gerwig just wanted to, you know, pack so much into one movie. I really want to kind of see it again and um, really think about it again. But I just think, you know, by the end, we've got the women are still running Barbie land and the men are still running the, the real world. And the only thing really in the whole movie that's changed is that Barbies become human. 
So I really was just so happy with the whole movie. The movie was completely binary. There were no rainbow flags. There was no, you know, gender fluidity. There was no trying to explore that a male can be a mother and give birth and all of the rubbish that we're being taught and pushed upon us, which by the way, having just been in Singapore and Chiang Mai, I was really taken aback that there is none of that crap. And I will say the word crap because it is crap. There's none of that over in those countries. We are literally so gullible here in the West. We are becoming so gullible here in Australia, but you will not see any of that stuff. In Singapore, I did not see, or Chiang Mai or Bangkok, I did not see one rainbow flag. I didn't see one transgender person. And in fact, I made a point to ask a number of the young people in Singapore because we were at a conference, are you guys being taught gender ideology and gender fluidity here? And they looked at me like, what are you even talking about? And when I explained it, they're like, oh, they looked at me and shook their head and frowned like, oh, no, 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 no. And even though it's not illegal over there, it's not encouraged either. And um, here we are feeling bad unless everything is colored, you know, painted in rainbow colors. We are literally destroying our young people with a narrative that is just exclusive to our Western government. And I just think it's a whole load of absolute crap. And that is why I loved that everything was pink in the Barbie movie. I love that it was actually a pushback against feminism and the patriarchy that we are, you know, at the end of the day, the only way to find herself is in God. And it was very clear what a woman was, what a man was uh, or is. And so I just loved it. I loved the very clear roles of the family and and um, especially the, um, the ex- exploration of, of mothers and daughters. And so kudos to Ruth Handler, who made Barbie. Uh, kudos to Greta Gerwig, who created this movie. So that's what I had to say. And can I just finish also with a huge thank you to people who are supporting me on the buy me a coffee platform i was blown away even while i was away i just want to say thank you to larissa who bought 20 coffees that was such a blessing clearly i can't drink 20 coffees right now um all at once but you guys know that's just a continued way to be able to support me to continue podcasting a day a week and to natasha who also bought a coffee but It's your messages that mean even more. That's really why I keep going. So thank you. And thank you to a brand new member, Sammy G. So if you want to support my work here on Girl Next Door, um, then feel free to jump onto the link in the show notes or on my Instagram. Come along onto my Instagram, girlnextdoor.podcast. Please come follow me there, chat with me there where you can give your opinion on the Barbie movie. And if you haven't seen it, make sure that you go and see it. My next one to see is that, I can't even say, is it Oppenheimer? Open, whatever that is. That's another controversial one. And then guys, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom is coming to Australia. We've got to watch. I love you. Thank you for being with me. I am just stoked to be back and I hope that you are stoked to have new episodes to listen to. All right. I will be back with you next Wednesday. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Until then, I'll see you later. Bye.